A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Pamela Wilson. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Brilliant. And thank you for singing back to me. Um, as always, we can start with the brand SEP, if we can have that up, Anton. Um, Pamela Wilson, very common name. I'm common's kind of a bit rude, very popular name, let's say. And here we see Google hedging its bets. It's got three Pamela Wilsons. And for some reason, the set sang with Pamela Wilson is the one that dominates everywhere. And I couldn't figure out why. I can um, tell you why. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Wonderful. So brand, brand set lesson from Pamela Wilson. Thank you. Off you go. Well, here's my brand surf lesson is that I just claimed that domain name in November of 2021. So I've had it in oh, my yeah. possession and I've been using it for eight months, nine months, maybe. Um, so I am, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to move up and, and bounce her out of the top of the results. But she's had that website URL for a long, long time. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So you got your domain name only six or seven months ago. Yes. And you got lucky because somebody dropped it and didn't renew it? I guess. Yes. Yeah. I would imagine somebody called Pamela I, Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, the funny thing, I actually bought the domain name a long time ago, but I wasn't, I had a different brand. I was using Big Brand System was my brand. So um, I just rebranded and used that domain name officially, like put content on it and started using it as a website uh, eight, eight, nine months ago. So it's still pretty new. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so the next screenshot is actually your knowledge panel, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but from Google Books, uh, you can claim it, but you'd need to go through their long form, which is pretty boring. And one thing is that now explains, I was wondering why Google hadn't recognized your entity home, which is where your entity lives, which is PamelaWilson.com. And it's because it's new. So if you stay a little bit patient, what will happen is there'll be a little world icon with PamelaWilson.com, and then you can claim it through Search Console. And you can also use your own website to build up the information in there that you want to show by basically explaining to Google what you want it to show about you in its knowledge panel, which is a summary of its understanding of the facts about you. That's excellent. And it's actually, I have been watching my knowledge panel and it's actually a little more updated than it has been. So it's like you said, they the gears turn slowly, don't they? But I'll I'll yeah. be aware of that and make sure I, I check on it every once in a while. Yeah, brilliant. I think we we often forget we're a GJ Bramer past midlife and still watching. How delightful. We do forget that the knowledge graph and the knowledge panel is slower than the more traditional Google algorithms and that we do need to be patient. And I have to explain that to our clients at CaliCube all the time. Um, everybody's impatient. I understand it, but you can't rush the algorithms when they want to take three months to pick up your website or four months or a year even. Um, before we get started, quick word from the sponsors, if we can have that video up there. Um, we have two sponsors this week. We have both WordLift and Ahrefs. And if we can have the video, we can join me every week on Tuesdays, on CaliCube Tuesdays. Always on a Tuesday, we try to do it at 5 p.m. every Tuesday to keep things standardized. And they're always produced in partnership with WordLift, who are an AI-powered SEO tool that does the heavy lifting for you. And today's headline sponsor is the delightful and wonderful Ahrefs, who have everything you need to rank higher and get more traffic. 
amazing tool for SEOs. But today, the topic is and isn't SEOs. It's about how to use your knowledge and your skills to actually make money, to, to get a career going. And we were talking earlier on. The first thing I'd like to talk about is the fact that you say you've got multiple income streams, which is one way that you stabilize yourself because I always freak out every morning because I've only got the one, which is Cali Cube. It is, it, is, uh, it is a freak out situation when all your income is coming from one source. And I think in particular right now, because the world is a little upside down at the moment, yeah. right? There's a lot of upheaval in, on every level of our society um, and economy and everything, the business world. It's just, it's a, I've been in business for myself for 30 years as of this year. And I've seen a lot of these situations and I think that's why I decided that it was safer and gave me more peace of mind to have income streams that were coming from different places. So one thing that you see over my shoulder here is I have a couple of books. It's not a huge income stream, but I do get income from, yeah. from my books. And that's completely passive. I'm doing nothing except mentioning them and pointing to them over my shoulder on the occasional interview and they sell. So that's amazing. I do have an online program for people who are in mid-career, who are have expertise and they want to create an online offer based on that expertise. That's called Offer Accelerator. So if anyone wants to learn more about that, they can see it at OfferAccelerator.com. So that's an income stream. Mm -hmm. And then I also do some digital marketing consulting. I'm a corporate consultant. So that is another income stream. So. I'm juggling yeah. income streams, Jason, but so, it, it gives me a lot of peace of mind. Yeah, and no, I kind of, from my perspective, I'm, I'm all in with CaliCube, and uh, that's one of my worries. And I think, kind of, I talk to people within our industry, and SEO in particular, there's a lot of potential clients out there. And people, I know people with phenomenal knowledge, and they're scared or worried about actually striking out on their own. Um, despite the fact, A, I see a lot of clients, every business needs us, and B, I see a lot of people with a lot of skills. And I think it's that nervousness, waking up in the morning and thinking, will I get the client today? What can you tell them that can help them change what they have in their brains into something that makes money and helps clients presumably along the way. Yeah, and you know, I can talk about this in two different ways and I can right. do both if you want. One thing would be to develop your own offer, which is um, supposed to be the theme of today's presentation. But the other thing that you can think about, if you do decide to stick with the agency model and continue to offer services, is that retainers are your best friend. Um, if you have not explored getting yourself on a retainer with your clients, that is a fantastic way to give you a consistent income stream. And you offer your client usually a slightly better financial deal. You know, you give them a better yeah. price because they make a commitment of six months or a year. Um, and you know that you've got that cash flow coming in. And the client usually likes it because they oftentimes have a budget and now they know what they're going to spend. And it's right. they don't have this uneven spending happening month by month. So retainers, if you have not explored them and you're sticking with the agency model, I highly recommend you learn how retainers work and you start proposing them to your clients. You might be surprised how many people are thrilled to... Yeah. have be able to count on you for a long period of time 
Yeah, I think kind of that, that's a really good way of putting it is you can count on me for a long period of time. I will be here and I will help. Um, and I had great retainers and made a very good living. And then I decided I would move over to Brand Serp's Knowledge Panel. And people don't realize they need the Brand Serp Knowledge Panel service. And so I've, I've had to kind of take a step back and do piecemeal work. Mm. And it's been pretty stressful. Um, yeah, but piecemeal I'm, work is super stressful. I don't know how you're managing it. That's super stressful. I, I don't look stressed out, but <laughs> un underneath I my always, stomach is churning. I know. Uh, so I always think about the retainers are like the foundation of your income, right? So if you imagine every month you are building your income, right? You have yeah. a certain amount you want to earn every month. Retainers are a fantastic foundation. And then all of those projects that you're, you know, you call it piecemeal, but obviously it's a valuable project that you're getting paid for. Those are like icing on the foundation, you know, icing on the cake. Yeah. If you can get enough retainers to pay for your basic needs and to cover your basic expenses, then everything else you add to it is just a bonus, right? And that. I mean, I'm like you, I, I get too nervous if I don't feel like my basic expenses are covered. So retainers can really help with that. Right. Absolutely. I was uh, sorry, I was just actually thinking about uh, multiple income streams. And you were saying the books don't bring in a great amount of money. And I think kind of people expect them to and mine didn't either. It wasn't a money making mm -mm. Uh, adventure. It, for me, it was an experiment. But I'm actually surprised at how few copies have sold. Mm. And I think that's because the market is so small. How many people are actually truly interested in this stuff? I think yours is probably a wider market. Would you advise going for the wider market if you're going to write a book? It, typically, your book will do better if it solves a specific problem, right? Oh, okay. um, however, what I found about books and what nobody seems to talk about is if you really want to put together a, a well-constructed you know, professional and polished book, you need an editor and editors cost a lot of money. Um, oh. I, I happen to have a design publication design background. So I actually designed my own books. But if you don't have that background, or if that's not something you're comfortable with, you also should get somebody who understands how to make the page easy to read, and right. compatible with Kindle and things like that. So it is you know, people don't talk about it, but there's actually a lot of expense to getting a book published. And the first many months after your book is available for sale, you're oftentimes just recouping what you've spent on getting it yeah. out there into the world, right? And nobody talks about that. I don't know why. I So many people want to sell you like, oh, write a book with my program. And that's great. But you need to understand you're going to yeah. pay for the program. You're going to pay for the editor. You're going to pay for the designer. And all of that money goes out before you see any, you know, it takes a while before you start getting in the black, basically, after you've yeah. written a book. So that said, though, they are great authority builders, in my opinion. The fact that you can hold up your book and wave it around, or you've got it over your shoulder, I mean, it just builds so much authority. And I think it's partly because a book is seen as, as a huge commitment. You know, you've made a commitment yeah. to a long-term project you've come up with the idea, you've seen it all the way through, and now you have like this tangible proof of this thing that you did, right? Um, and I, I think that's why it builds so much authority. It really opens a lot of doors. It's, it's very unique. I don't know anything else that's quite like that. You can write an amazing blog post, you can have an, an amazing 
live, uh, weekly live show, but nothing builds authority in the same way that a book does. Sure. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I've found that that's been incredibly helpful. Also, it triggers knowledge panels. So if you want a knowledge panel, exactly. write a book, get it on Google yes. Books. You've got a knowledge yeah. panel, easy as pie. And as you say, it's expensive and you have to understand. I, we, I work with Bright Ray Publishing. Uh, they were brilliant and they actually made it into a much better book than it would otherwise have been by helping me to write it. The editor being incredibly talented, uh, but also saved me all the, all the problems with Kindle and getting the format right and getting it readable on a page level and all the rules that I don't know about. You've got to have a blank page every turny page. I can't remember what it yeah, was. No. <laughs> um, it's a lot. But what about people coming back to our topic of striking out on their own? I mean, the, the, the idea of a retainer, and G.J. Brain was saying he's had some, some, some clients for 10 years. Uh, he That's doesn't call amazing. it a retainer. That's amazing. Yeah. That's astonishing. Mm. Um, and hi to Paul as well, who said, hello, long time no see. Um, what what other kind of advice can you give? I mean, the retainer is something that you can sell. Uh, you present it to them as being, I will be present and I will help you and I will always support you, which makes them feel safer. You see it feel safer. What's the next idea you would throw at me for that? So I think the retainer is a great solution. If you decide I'm going to stay with the agency model and I'm going to offer services, then a retainer is great. If you decide to stay with the agency model and you want to explore creating a, maybe a higher value offer, that could be the other direction to go. And that's one of the things that I teach people inside my program. Ooh, can, I can you teach me how to create a really high value offer, please? Really yes, yeah. I so there are um, there are several steps that I think are really important, and the first one is to really explore your market. You think you know your market, you think you know exactly what they need, and you probably are more in touch with them than the average person because you're interfacing with them on a regular basis, right? But what you want to do is really understand what their challenges are and how you might be able to help them at a higher level to achieve something that they have found very frustrating. Maybe in your case, an easy thing would be, you know, you help them achieve a, an overall ranking lift that they have not been able to do by doing all of these piecemeal activities, right? Um, so you get to know what they truly need. And then the way I teach it is that you then try to get in touch with your own personal values. And so one of the things that happens when you're in, let's say mid-career like you and I are, right? <laughs> We've been around the block a few times, right? And and you, you have things that are important to you and so do I. I mean, there are values that I hold dear and I wanna see those reflected in anything I put together. And I think it's very important if you're looking at creating something that you're going to charge more for, that you kind of infuse whatever that is with aspects of who you are because then it becomes very unique to you. Nobody else will have uh, an mm. offer that's exactly like yours because your offer is full of you and what's important to you. And then you wanna look at your skill set. So in your case, Jason, you are very comfortable presenting live on video. We know that hey. about you, right? But <laughs> maybe not everyone watching is as comfortable as you are. So if you're watching and you're thinking about what offer could I put together, Think about the existing skills that you have right now. What comes easy to you? Are you? Do you find it easy to record audio? Do you find it easy oh, yeah. to write? Do you love putting things into checklists and making things easy by creating 
checklists for people that they can use to get things done. Look at your existing skill set and build a uh, an offer that revolves around that. So a lot of what I see a lot of people doing is they'll say, you know, I want to create a course and I want it to be a video course, but I've never done video. So now mm. I have to go learn how to do video before I can create this course. And that is the wrong way to do it. You need you need to build it on your existing skills. Does that make sense? It does. It makes me think of David Bain, who is a podcaster and makes videos, and he's got these blue glasses that give him personality and differentiates him, and he's a great host. And he's created a new company. He moved away from SEO to um, Casting Cred, where he creates podcasts and webinars and books, in fact, as sometimes as a package. He's done it for Majestic. And what he's done is basically said, this is what I love doing. This is what I'm good at doing. I'll set up a studio at my house, create a new company. And I know that he initially kind of, it was a slow start, but it really starts to be taking, taking off. And looking at that, what you just said, he's done exactly that. He's looked at his personality. He's looked at his skill set, and he's pushed out an offer that is high value because of who he is and the skills that he has. Exactly. Yeah. And it's uniquely his, nobody else is going to have an offer quite like that. And it sounds to me like he's someone who knows his market well. So he put together something that would really serve them. So using that as an example, the next step that I teach is that you create a test version of that offer. So in his case, it might have been a very pared down version of that offer that still delivers the transformation that he is promising, delivers on you know what he wants to help people with, but maybe without all the fancy branding and all the mm. you know all the bells and whistles that you might add later on. I really think that you need to test your offer as soon as possible, and I teach people how to do it within a month. So we go from you have an idea. Within 30 days, we are testing your offer, right? Uh, Because you need to start getting feedback from people and seeing where they're confused, what they liked, what they need more of, what they don't need as much of. You want that feedback as soon as possible. What happens a lot of times with those of us who are, you know, in mid-career and who are experts is we forget what it's like to not know what we know. It's that curse of knowledge, right? We, right. We're, we're experts and we don't remember what it was like to not be an expert on our topic. So having that one-to-one interaction with people who you're helping allows you to see mm. where you can improve your process. And that's mm. super important. That's a really important part of this offer delivery and, and making your offer better. Yeah, we should have had this conversation about six months ago because what I've done is I keep jumping in feet first thinking, I think this is a great offer. That is what so many people in our age group tend to do, right? Because we're really good at what we do, right? And, And we forget to keep our ears open and really listen to the people that we're serving. Yeah, I actually have had that problem. So I keep jumping and saying, let's create a new offer. And Katrina, who works with me at Cali Cube on, on the offers, has, has like, I, I, I think... Another week, another out. offer from Jason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it's stressful and it's difficult and it's foolish and it, 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 it hasn't worked out particularly well and it's totally my fault. But what I actually did is I talked to uh, Scott Terman, who was the guy at Bright Ray, who just talked me through basically what you've been saying is what is the offer and also how can we create recurring income yes yeah we had the conversation three weeks ago and i've already set off on that kind of path and he's so right and you're so right 
get that recurring income and, and create an offer where people are actually going to be able to uh, appreciate the value from their perspective rather than me thinking, I think knowledge panels are brilliant. I think brand right. setups are wonderful and should be perfect. And nobody else seems to care. And I should actually be working from their perspective, not mine. Exactly. And, you know, here's the thing. There's the offer that's easy to sell because you know how to do it and you know it's important. And then there's the offer that people will pay you a lot of money for. And I always think it's worthwhile to take some time. It doesn't take that much time, but to take some time to really uncover what your market is willing to pay a lot of money for. And, you know, what I coach people to do is you don't need to sell to 500 people. You may only need to sell to five people. When you have a higher value offer, you can really deeply serve people with an offer that delivers incredible value and, and changes their lives and that they're willing to pay a lot of money for. So I, I think it's worthwhile to really figure out what that offer is and put the work into promoting that rather than trying to sell at volume, which is exhausting. Yeah. Um, I mean, with CaliCube Pro, which is the SaaS platform I've built, I tried to sell at volume. And one of the problems we've had is that I got people on board. They were using the platform. They weren't using it very well, and it didn't really work out as they had expected. And they were blaming the platform. And I was saying, well, actually, you're using it wrong. And they're saying, but you don't explain it well enough. And kind of now switching it around and saying, well, now I'm saying to people, if you want to use the platform, you actually have to um, invest time and money to understand how the platform works in order to be able to deliver value to your clients. So it's become an agency tool. And once again, I jumped in feet first thinking everybody can use this because it's simple. And you're 100% right. I thought it's obvious to me, therefore it's obvious to everyone else. And of course it right. is. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's so common. And that's why I built that step into my program because it's like, I just want everyone to like put the brakes on and don't, I I really love it when people come into my program saying, I have an idea and I'm not sure how to turn it into an offer. That's the best. It's when people come in and say, I have an idea. I'm going to call it this. It's going to offer this. It's going to do this. And they've got it all figured out ahead of time. That's actually where I need to kind of ask them to deconstruct and and be willing to start from scratch and be willing to possibly change their minds about what they end up doing. I know it's tough. They were wrong. Well, not necessarily that, but just be open (laughs) to iterating because everything online is about iteration, right? So be open to listening to the people you want to serve and be open to adapting to what they actually need rather than what you think they need to have, right? Yeah, I love the the idea everything on the online is about iteration. And once again, Katrina, I'll, I'll name check her. This is what I, I'm trying to do and what I'm hoping that, that she will stop me jumping in feet first and use this iteration approach. So basically, hopefully protect me from myself. And the, ne- the next question is, if you have uh, an audience or a group of followers online, how do you leverage them in terms of actually pushing your uh, new offer, as it were, once you've figured out that offer? What, what are the strategies there? Yeah, it, I'm so glad you asked that. So what I see oftentimes is people have, um, they've followed this content marketing model of building an online business, and they've been creating podcasts or videos or blog posts. 
And they, they have managed to attract an audience, which is great. That's a big priority to have an audience of people who are interested in what you do, an audience of people who bought your book, for example. Mm. But then what people oftentimes do is they say, well, now I have an audience, I have to monetize my audience, right? Mm. And the way that they think they need to monetize is by running ads or looking for sponsors. And I'm not knocking that you have sponsors. That's very mm. smart. Yeah, <laughs> it's very smart. But it's I like, don't mind. it's like people think that's the only option, though, right. I built an audience, and I'm going to monetize them by spon at looking for a sponsor for what I do, or I'm going to run ads so that I can, you know, get more people in my audience. And there is this third way, which is to build an offer that is tailored exactly for the audience that you have attracted with your content. And right. I really love that way of generating income because it is under your complete control. You're not beholden to a sponsor. You're not beholden to the algorithms and the ad results. You really are, are helping your audience directly with their challenges and responding to what they need. And it is such a, a beautiful way to create income for your online business, I think. And so mm -hmm. I, that's one of the things I'm out here doing is, it's a little bit of an apology tour for um, helping people with their content for so long and maybe not emphasizing the fact that, you know, it's about content, but actually it's about consistent income. That's one of the most important things you could do. And so that's one of the reasons that I, I talk about that a lot. And I have an, a program that helps with that so that people right. can generate that consistent income. Yeah, no, no, and the, the idea of sponsorship, I mean, from our perspective, we don't have a sponsor every week. And when we don't, we present our own products as the sponsor. Mm -hmm. um, oh, thank you very much, Ryan, fishing yes. for that one. Um, <laughs> but and, and that works really, really well as well, because the weeks after when we do that, we actually do get more business coming mm -hmm. in. Um, and so kind of I like the balance that we've got right now with that. Um, but I do agree, and I'm learning little by little that building up the audience, we've got Facebook groups, so if people are interested in knowledge panels or brand SERPs, we call them the CaliCube support groups for brand SERPs and knowledge panels. And that's our first real attempt to build up an audience around what it is we're doing and have this one-on-one -on -one communication with them about problems they're facing in private Facebook groups. Very smart. Also very smart to get that that feedback and see what their questions are. And then you have a community. If you decide yeah. to put an offer in front of them, you can let them know that they get the first chance to purchase it. Maybe you put it at a special price for them and you can mm. pay them for their loyalty, right? You can reward right. them, not reward, not pay them, but reward them for their loyalty. Right. Yeah. I'd just like to point out the Facebook group wasn't my idea. That was Joan. Joanne, sorry, uh, Marianne and Katrina, who who ganged up on me and forced me to do yeah, it. Yeah, you definitely know how right. to surround yourself with smart people, Jason. So <laughs> you've got that. You've got that going for sure. Yeah, no, it's a great team at CaliCube, and uh, they're, they're, they're wonderful. And they've saved me from myself multiple times. Um, and I think we're on the right track. And I think what you've shared with us is really going to help us build up. And I hope for the people out there, I know there are a lot of people who work in SEO in particular who want to strike out on their own and who don't. And this is great advice. And Pamela, obviously, you really know what you're doing in terms of being able to strike out. This is great advice. And, you know, I, I think it's scary. 
but it can be incredibly rewarding and it actually does bring in a lot of income, especially when you can get those retainers. So thank you, Pamela, so much for sharing all those secrets with us all. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, I'm now going to introduce next week, um, which is Mike Capuzzi, I think it said, How to Write a Short Book to Boost Your Search Engine Results. Uh, he writes very short books. And we were discussing this earlier on with um, Pamela. It's going to be absolutely delightful. He's a lovely guy. And could you pass the baton, please? Absolutely. I am super happy to do this. Mike, I'm passing the baton to you. This is going to be a great show. And I'm going to be tuning in because you teach people how to write shooks. And shooks are short books that people can read in about an hour. They're super helpful books. They're pretty easy to produce. So, um, you know, we talked about how difficult books can be, but shorter books are a lot easier. And you have a way that people can use these books to really build their business and build their search engine results, which is really fascinating as well. I can't wait to see this episode because I wrote the two long and helpful books that you have uh, behind me, but Mike shows how you can write a much shorter, easier to produce book and leverage that to build your business. So I'm going to be tuning in. I can't wait. And I highly recommend if you're watching this to tune into Mike Capuzzi next week. Brilliant. Uh, this is probably the first time on Caddy Cube Tuesdays that this week's guest knows more about next week's guest than I do. And I love that. That's brilliant. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you, Jason. This has been so much fun.